business and people. Your host, Walt Bayless. Let's get this show started. Welcome to the Agency Bud podcast. On the show, we talk to agency owners and business owners, CEOs, startup founders about their biggest challenges, what makes them tick, and how they got their agencies or businesses to scale and grow. Overcoming challenges, it's what we do. Let's find out about these business owners. You can follow along with every episode at podcast.agencybud.com. We'd love to have you on board. Agency Bud is the platform for delivering increased revenue to businesses and agencies. Find out more at agencybud.com. Let's go and meet our special guest for today. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. Today we have a young dynamo on the show with us, a gentleman by the name of Pranav Adnani. He is the leader and founder of the Internest Agency based out of Mumbai and has some incredible clients on the list already, including people in the fitness niche, including Lenovo. He's worked with Nickelodeon in the past. He's grown his business out to uh, over 20 people already having only been in business for under two years. He has an incredible growth story to share with us. Plus, he's also a partner at a tech company as well. I don't know how he wears so many hats, but welcome to the show, Pranav. Let's have a chat and get started. Thank you so much, Paul, for that introduction. And I really look forward to speaking to you today. Fantastic. uh, I've I've been doing some research with you. I'm, I'm looking forward to chatting to you as well. Now, how did you get into digital marketing? Reading through your Reading through your bio, you you um, you mentioned that there's so much noise when it comes to uh, digital marketing and digital media. How did you find your own path and your starting point in this in this arena? Sure. So I'll tell you about my journey. World. I I started way back in uh, 2016. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, I was actually working with my family business uh, right before I got into digital advertising. Uh, so you know, I was working um, in in my family business for a year, and I really didn't find uh, my interest uh, spark in uh, that industry. So I thought I'd probably give it a shot with digital since I had a degree in uh, management and marketing from Northeastern University. Uh, I did my undergraduate degree there. So I always had this inclination towards, you know, digital advertising. And uh, I, I decided to do a small course back in the summer of 2016. And I applied to several agencies and I finally got accepted that uh, this agency called Foxy Moron, which is one of the leading digital agencies in India. So I worked there as a content strategist for about two years. And, uh, you know, I kind of felt, uh, you know, I wanted to move on to another role at uh, the same agency. But then they told me that it'll take some time. So I thought might as well give it uh, my own shot and start my own agency, you know, because I always had that dream of doing my own thing. So Fantastic. I started then. Yeah, yeah. That, that must have been quite a learning curve to go from, you know, a couple of years working in, the, in a content strategy environment with a great, you know, agency with Foxy Moore. And they, I've done some research there as well. They look incredible. So you've done a couple of years. They're almost like a, an apprenticeship into this agency space and then starting your own business with internet. How did you find the learning curve going from employee to business owner overnight. How did that happen for you? You know, actually, um, well, I get this question a lot of times that how was the transition from an employee to a business owner? But I, I genuinely feel that, you know, um, nothing has changed. I'm still the same person uh, I was back then in 2016. Obviously, I'm I'm more uh, honed and, and I'm a little more mature with, when it comes to my skills mm. uh, and uh, my knowledge of the digital space. But my attitude was the same since day one. And even though I was Foxymoron was not my company, I always treated it like my own company. And I'd be staying overnight, working till 3 a.m., 4 a.m. back in office, you know, because 
I still had that attitude that I want to give my best at everything I do. Yeah. So sure. I always used to talk to on with like my own agency as well, and I still like you know had that uh, burning desire with Internet and with Avos. Fantastic. So when you, when you started Internet and and you know you, you you create a site, you've got a logo, you've got a business card and, and an email address. How did you then go yeah. about getting those first clients? Because from from other agency owners that I've spoken to, uh, Pranav, yeah. we always talk about those first sort of three months and the the struggle to get known and getting those first clients. How did you go about those first early steps as an agency owner? Sure, it wasn't an easy process. You know what? Uh, I, I remember for the fact that when I told my uh, colleagues that. Um, excuse me, Foxy Maron, that I'm going to be leaving this agency and starting my own. Uh, I got a lot of uh, flack from my uh, managers and my colleagues. And they said that, you know, maybe it's too early on because I was only 23 back then. And, uh, you know, you need more experience. You need to be in this industry for longer to start your own thing. And uh, I, I just felt that, you know, if I stay on uh, for a very long time in, in uh, the corporate space and in the whole uh, job scenario, I, I, there'll be no right time that will come my way. You know, it's yeah, either definitely. now or it's So I, I just took that leap of faith and, you know, I quit the agency and for about two or three months, I was out of work. Uh, I, I didn't know whether this was the right decision, but uh, to my luck and, you know, with God's grace, um, I started getting some work my way and, you know, people started recommending me through word of mouth. And that's how I got my first client, which is Talwalkar's. Uh, so Talwalkar's is basically, uh, they were the largest, uh, you know, chain of health clubs and uh, gyms in India. Wow. And I got their uh, mandate for one of their gyms in uh, Mumbai. And it was the premier gym, one of the best locations. So, you know, they started, uh, we started with that client. And I started initially freelancing, you know, because I didn't really want to take up the cost of, uh, you know, hiring people full time. But then when business started coming my way, I thought I'll probably, you know, uh, conduct everything in-house. Yeah, fantastic. And one year down the line, we won the entire national digital mandate for Talwalkars. So, fantastic. you know, it was an, an entire team effort. And and now that you have that big client, so that's that's gone from yeah. a single a single uh, a branch of of the biggest you know fitness empire in India to now the national uh, representation for that brand. How is yes. the strategy? different when you're when you're designing campaigns when you're putting together creative when you, you're writing copy how is it different from from a single branch to a national campaign sure uh, so i feel like the gym that i was dealing with in mumbai uh because of like you know their whole uh, uh luxury uh, aspect you know we had a very a classy audience that we had to appeal to uh, with our uh, branding and our, uh, you know, voice on that brand. Mm. Uh, but I would say with uh, Talwalkar's India, which was the national brand, uh, we had to be a little more massy. We had to understand, uh, you know, there was a lot of social listening that was going on on our social media pages because we really wanted to connect with the audience. And it took us some time to, you know, that, uh, do that transition because uh, you, you come from a particular perspective that, you know, okay, I've been working on, a subset of this brand for about a year. So maybe this is what will work for the national community as well. Yeah. Uh, but, but you know, I, I, I genuinely feel that one of the pros of me starting off with a small brand was that I could experiment, you know, I could yeah. uh, do something I could, and if it didn't work out, I could, you know, learn from my mistakes. And then when I came to the national uh, account, I kind of knew, you know, what were my uh, weaknesses and my strengths. So uh, I feel that was a good uh, learning experience. And yeah, uh, the most important part for us was community building. I think that was one of the best reasons. Like we built a community at that local gym for on social media. And that's why the owner of Talwalkas was very happy with the growth 
of the brand on digital through community building. And that's why he got us on board for the national account. Well. Fantastic. And have you duplicated that for each branch? Like, have you, now that you have yeah. the national account, are you focused yeah. on building a local community in each location? Is that sort of the, the uh, recipe that you're putting in place? Sure. So that was the plan uh, initially. Like, you know, we wanted to kind of um, segregate each gym and build a community for them uh, because ultimately, like, you know, uh, we wanted to kind of engage our members as much as possible. Like if I'm a member at Tawalkar's and if my video is being shared, uh, my workout video is being shared on their page, and I'm being tagged, you know, I feel like, wow, Talwalka just posted about me. So that, that becomes like a instant recognition with the gym and the brand. Nice. So that's, that was the idea, like, you know, to kind of build a local community within each gym as well. So each gym has its own page. Each, uh, each page is then posting the workouts from within that gym and, and, you know, the people that are around in the local community, their friends are seeing it. They're seeing them working out of the gym. It's an inspiration. That's a great rolling strategy moving forward. So um, Tall Walkers is not the only uh, fitness client you have now. You have others that are in the same space. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, so actually, like, I, I uh, didn't really have a direct competitor, uh, so to say. Uh, but, like, there were other, you know, companies that approached us with respect to uh, the health and wellness space. Uh, I really don't believe in, like, you know, uh, working on uh, two accounts, which are direct competitors. I was going to say that. That, that would be, that would be yeah. almost impossible because you're, you're fighting for each other's clients. Yes. And, and that, then there's a conflict of interest. And, you know, if uh, the client finds out, there will be fingers pointed at us that why is their campaign doing better than ours? So I just try to avoid that. And plus for my team's uh, creativity as well, I just like to give them a variety of work, you know, so that they also don't feel uh, mundane, you know, when they're uh, delivering campaigns and projects. No, so great that's idea. my theory. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So um, uh, you, you got that first gym. Now you have the national campaign. Along the way, Obviously, yep. you've, you've employed people. So now you have, as you said, 24 people in the agency already. How do you go about right. attracting the right people to work with Internest? How, how was your strategy for approaching and recruiting and, and keeping that team growing? Sure. Uh, so I, I genuinely believe that, you know, if uh, you treat your employees well, uh, you, your, your employees will treat your clients well. And that's how you'll grow as an agency. I think this is a quote by uh, Marriott um, you know, himself. So I, I genuinely like, like to do a lot of team building activities. And like, you know, I, I touch base with my employees uh, once in 15 days just to see how they're doing about their feedback with respect to our work, with respect to our structure. And I'm, there's always, you know, room for improvement. All of us, for that matter, either business owners or uh, first level, you know, big, beginner level employees, we all are a work in progress and there's always, you know, a scope for improvement. So I keep like, uh, I like to listen to my employees and I like to do so like, you know, um, bring in activities or bring in uh, changes, which will uh, be beneficial for us as an agency. But uh, in terms of recruiting, if that's your question, what mm. uh, we basically, uh, you know, like to uh, look for new employees via LinkedIn jobs. I think LinkedIn jobs was the best thing to happen to LinkedIn because I've just got such a quality set of leads happening through LinkedIn. Uh, nice. I believe we're also connected through LinkedIn, you know, so it's such a yeah. great platform to just get in touch and, you know, connect uh, with uh, the professional network out there. So, yeah, we've got a lot of quality, uh, you know, applications through LinkedIn and uh, there's also other platforms in India like Nokri.com and there's obviously word of mouth because our agency has been there for two years and there are a few, you know, um, news agencies also which basically, you know, recommend any 
or job openings uh, to prospective employees. So we have these connections to help us recruit. And I personally love word of mouth. If someone who's currently working at my agency or has worked at my agency recommends somebody. So there's a level of trust that comes because, you know, there's th- that there's a background check somewhere done by that employee. Yes. So I like to go via word of mouth. That's my first question. Have you, have you ever had the situation where an employee didn't fit with the internet culture and, and you've had to part ways? Absolutely. I, I believe that uh, the, Initially, like, you know, when I was uh, setting out in my first few months, the first six months, I did make a couple of hiring decisions, which backfired. But I feel that I'm glad that it happened initially Mm. with me, uh, because if it did happen uh, today, for that matter, you know, when our agency is probably nearing its peak, uh, I I would probably have to, you know, face much higher or better or like worse consequences, I would say. Yeah, sure. and, and obviously it came because of youth as well. Like, you know, I personally that time was setting out myself. I didn't really have like much money to fund my own agency because I didn't take any money from my family. It was my savings from my job. So I didn't want to hire a full-time HR manager. I was doing the recruitment myself. And, you know, I, uh, I, these mistakes uh, come in every manager's life. I think, you know, you've got to learn from your mistakes and understand what's the perfect fit for your organization. So a screening process is very important. Absolutely. Do you have that? Um, have you got an HR person in place now within the team? Is there somebody that looks after specifically? So you've grown into that. You have, what's, what's the breakup of the team right now? How many people are in creative? How many are in sales, you know, lead generation? What, what kind of um, spread of people do you have there now? Sure. So majority of our team is into design and animation. Okay. That's about like, eight of them, seven to eight of them, because we are uh, very, like, you know, one of our USPs as an agency is graphic design and uh, animation. So like, you know, that team is quite extensive. We have like a good hierarchy uh, out there. And then we have a set of uh, content writers uh, that complement, you know, these people. Uh, So uh, obviously like, you know, uh, as an agency, our core services are social media, graphic design, web development, SEO, uh, video production. So like, you know, um, we have a client servicing team as well separately because I personally like, you know, other agencies have this setup where content and client servicing kind of go hand in hand. But I just feel that um, I like to use the uh, USP of each uh, individual at my agency. Right. And if someone is more pro uh, content or creative, uh, you know, I don't want to kind of push them towards uh, negotiation and management of clients because that's a different level of expertise and that requires a lot of time investment. Yeah. So I like to use, you know, the expertise of each of my employees and that's why I've divided the teams. And we also have like, uh, you know, an, account, an accounting team and like, uh, you know, uh, a video team and we have like a web developer as well. So that's the kind of, you know, uh, divisions of our departments. Nice, nice. In the, I think probably for, for most agency owners and people who are getting started, it's, it's the client yeah. attraction and sales roles that are hardest yeah to fill the hardest to you know keep that engine going obviously that provides the the work for everybody else to come on board and, and keep going uh, how do you yeah. how do you manage your sales team and your sales process is it something that you lead yourself or do you have you know people within the team that are are out there doing that lead generation with you uh, so with lead generation, I actually like, you know, have assigned someone for business development. Uh, so, um, you know, whenever, for instance, like there are, there are these phases in the year where we basically um, go really aggressive with our business development. And there are these phases in the year where we basically are more passive. So uh, I try to like, you know, uh, not overburden my team. Uh, when uh, like, you know, we have a lot of work on our plate because I genuinely want to grow at a steady pace. I don't want to kind of 
increase my bandwidth bandwidth by 2x or 3x overnight and then you know lose all my clients altogether because that's not uh, healthy as an agency so uh, yeah i mean like you know in terms of our avenues uh, we we do a lot of cold calling we do uh, a lot of digital pr uh, and like you know uh, we are a part of a lot of networking groups as well so that's how we kind of do our sales and revenue generation with this stuff Fantastic. Uh, the, that concept of the networking group, I think, is is something that's coming through a lot in terms of getting involved with people like BNI or you know other um, connected yeah. networking agencies. I think is is something really strong. Um, Pranav, can I ask you when when you start working with a client? So let's say somebody's heard about you, they've heard about the great work that you've done, and the phone rings. You pick up the phone, and you know it's somebody that knew that you've never worked with before, and they want to you know get more clients, grow their business. And they want you to come in and internet to run that campaign. What's your strategy with that client? How do you go about finding out what they need and, and, and creating their voice? How do you do that as a team? Sure. Uh, so are you talking about a new client? Uh, like, are you talking about a new brand altogether? Come, uh, well, somebody that's um, that maybe an established company. They've, they've, been, they've oh. been in operation for a little while, but they've never yeah. really done any marketing. They haven't really done that kind of lead generation, social activity. How do you go from start to finish or create a campaign that works with that brand? Sure. Uh, so, like, for me, uh, Walter, you know, I, I personally, before I even uh, send a quotation out to a client, I like to uh, show them what, uh, like, a, a teaser of what we got. You know, because I feel that a um, lot of companies go out there, like, you know, a request for quotations from different agencies and make a decision based on cost. But I like to see the deal by showing them a glimpse of my work. So uh, what I do is that I, I send them a questionnaire, uh, which like, you know, includes uh, several, uh, you know, queries about their branding, about their uh, target audience, about their demographics, about what's the kind of positioning that they want to do with respect to their brand on digital. Uh, so I get a better idea about, uh, you know, what the client is uh, really uh, looking for. And uh, for me, when I am able to, you know, present a, a digital strategy to them, uh, which kind of, you know, meets their requirement or hits the call with them instantly, that's what kind of moves me, I would say. Uh, you know, even if I don't win the account and if they feel satisfied that, wow, this is what we are looking for. Uh, and like, you know, that's that's something that kind of uh, I preach at my agency. And uh, obviously, like, you know, we have like a fees associated with that digital strategy as well. We don't do it for free because then they just take the idea sometimes and not, uh, you know, acknowledge us for it. But yeah, I mean, that's the kind of approach I like to take. I like to do a questionnaire with the, with the, with the client and, uh, prepare like a sort of a plan for them uh, based on that. Nice. Is there is there ever a situation where uh, the clients and what they are saying that they need is different yeah. from what that from what you feel they need? Like they're saying we need to let's say for example uh, get more likes on their Facebook page. They need to you know yeah. whatever. And you're actually saying no no no. Hang on guys. You you need you need a new website. You need to go back a few steps. Does there ever come that situation where what they say isn't what you feel they need? Always what? Like I feel that <laughs> okay. with every client that I've worked, so, worked with so far, there has been this uh, scenario at either the uh, beginning point or uh, somewhere, you know, down the line that we've had differences in terms of, uh, you know, our strategy, in terms of our uh, thoughts, you know, but I feel that conflict is important. Uh, today, if, uh, you know, uh, my, my, my client has told me that they want to achieve more likes on Facebook, more followers on Facebook, I have to keep reminding them that, listen, uh, this, is a, this is a game 
the way you know um, even too much is nothing you know you can keep buying for, uh, likes or you can keep put investing on media to buy to get followers buy is the wrong word get followers organically or uh, via paid promotions uh, is the right word but i would say that you got to also think of sales you know if you're a new brand you got to think of brand awareness so uh, ultimately it's very important to you know prioritize uh, your objectives or mm. uh, like you know so i keep i mean even if sometimes i am wrong my team my team employees or they correct me and they remind me that you know sir this is what we believe is right so uh, i think uh, you know it's important and it's healthy to have such kind of debates for the best interest of the brand nice fantastic and then i guess once you've created that um understanding between you and the client you know you, we understand their objectives then we start to put together the creative team and the strategy in terms of how we how we get that out and then you know obviously we we, we go into rollout from there can i ask you pranav from from your experience you've come from an in, environment where you were all about content and then obviously now you have a, a complete content division within your team how uh, how important first of all i know the answer to this but how important is a content strategy for a business and and why is that something that they should be focused on sure so you know what i personally believe that content is king uh, and that you know phrase has been overused but i i, I still feel that it is still uh, the a summary of uh, you know digital advertising um and i feel that if you don't have a story to tell like content is all about your story if you don't have a story to tell you really won't be able to get much interest uh on you know your uh, your brand's voice so i feel that uh, content is the heart is at the heart of any uh, digital storytelling mm. and uh, i i personally like you know love my content team i i spend a lot of time with them and i give them a lot of assignments to do because i want to keep honing their skills so uh, it's always like a you know fun uh, kind of a synergy that i uh, tend to spark with uh, their team and i i also try to involve uh, them as much as possible uh, with you know even the client servicing as well as the graphic design team as well as the video team because i feel that you know ultimately uh, everyone should kind of uh, learn in uh, from like you know each other because uh, i feel that if you're just thinking one dimensional uh, when you come to uh, come down to you know strategizing or working together as a team there are kind of you know these uh, backlogs so i i always in- try to include all the teams together for like a brainstorm you know so that the best ideas are coming out there and everyone's learning from each other so yeah nice so when we when we're talking about that that um uh, i guess synergy or alignment between all of the different modes we're talking about you know written content video content uh, graphical yeah. content across all of the different platforms how do how does a company how does an agency uh yeah. line those things up so what are what are some of the mistakes that you see companies making in terms of their their uh synergy across those different mediums of content you see them making mistakes uh, across platforms what are some of those the ways that they they get it wrong i guess when they're putting a strategy together sure i feel like you know uh, today I, w- i would i would like to give an example of india uh, there's 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 certain uh, focus or like you know a need for emotional marketing uh, you know i've seen a lot of brands taking to emotional marketing and uh, just for the sake of it because they feel that if a bra- if if a advertisement or a commercial or a post is pertaining to like you know uh, the emotions of someone uh, be it um, relevant to your brand or not they feel that it will do well so I see. I, so something I, political something that's in the moment uh you you know we we're talking covid we're talking black lives matter we're talking you know some of these things that have made the big stages 
you're feeling yes. like they're, they're chasing that story or chasing that hype and it's not consistent with what they're doing internally. Exactly. So there has yeah. to be a synergy for, for the fact that I, I know that if what Talwalkars has to speak about COVID, I would try to make it as relevant as possible uh, mm. to the situation. And I would not like to like, you know, kind of oversell my brand. Yeah. Uh, it, it shouldn't be a forced fit, but I, I see a lot of brands doing that today. You know, I, even though a situation or a moment marketing initiative is not relevant to their own brand, they still like to talk about it because everyone's talking about it. Right. So it's become a race. Yeah, yeah, sure. And, and you know, it's, it doesn't align with what they're trying to achieve as a company. So it's something that's happening around them and there's no relevance for them to jump in. So they can, they can not ruin their content strategy, but they can interrupt that message of their own branding by, I guess, trying to be mainstream where, you know, that, that's not their story. So when we talk about this synergy, something that you mentioned yeah. a few moments ago, I think is really important is that story is, is the, the content comes from the story behind the company and yeah. creating that story to be a consistent start to finish episode uh, without getting interrupted with all of these different things coming along. I think that's really cool. How do you then, how do you take that? Um, so I, I can talk from my own perspective as a company owner, I know my story. I, you know, I have that background, etc. How How yeah. is a company um, going to create enough content around that, you know, background story and around their position and their vision and that kind of stuff so that they can actually produce on a regular basis. We're talking, you know, lots of articles, lots of LinkedIn posts, lots of videos, all of that kind of stuff. Do they, do you tend to find that you give the work back to the businesses themselves or is that something that you do as an agency for them? Yeah, I, I personally feel that I'd love to, you know, uh, obviously take their inputs and whether they have any direction for content, I always take that into consideration. But uh, just to, like, I feel this is my responsibility. If someone's giving me their mandate for mm. advertising, the content is my responsibility. If it doesn't, if it fails, and if, you know, we took a route that was recommended by the client, I would still take full 100% responsibility for it because ultimately I am the person who's responsible for your content being your advertising consultant. Right. I, I try to, you know, divide up into three categories, uh, you know, for, uh, with respect to my content strategy and my uh, buckets, uh, which is a uh, functional. The first category is functional content. Um, so what I mean by functional is to explain the uh, nitty-gitties of, about your product and your service, the functionality of so the product. Specifically to what you do and how you do it. Exactly, exactly. Yep. So if my company AWOS is into automation, I like to kind of, you know, take that route of explaining what is automation and what, you know, basically is the process of automation on because I feel like you've got to also educate your customers, mm-hmm. educate mm-hmm. your fans about your service, if they're not aware of it. And the second category is into is personal content, you know, okay. so you see a lot of people on LinkedIn, uh, you know, uh, talking about their personal life, uh, their personal professional experiences, and you know, what kind of mistakes they made earlier on their career and what kind of advice they'd like to give to young budding entrepreneurs. So personal content also makes a lot of difference. Uh, and uh, the last category I would say is community content, you know, okay. uh, take the example of COVID today. Uh, if say, for instance, your brand is doing some kind of goodwill or giving back to the community in any kind of way, showing a CSR, showing a corporate social responsibility, you should speak about it on your platform because that's what the Gen Y um, you know, and the millennials are more interested in, they mm-hmm. associate the brand and they have more trust with the brand when they are doing welfare for society. So mm-hmm. our generation is very mature and you should probably, you know, uh, I, I like to believe 
and divide my content into these three buckets. Okay. And how, um, I, I guess this is going to be different for every, every single business, but how, how, how much of those contents uh, should be produced. If we're talking functional personal community in terms of the, yeah. the buckets that you lay out there, which I think is great. Should it, is there a, is there a standard breakdown for that? Should it be like 50% functional, 25% personal 25, or is there a, a different spread for each client? Yeah, I, I think it will really vary uh, depending on each client mm-hmm. and depending on their industry. Uh, there's no like, you know, rule that you have to maintain like a 33% of functional 33% right. of uh, Personal. I wouldn't like hold my team up for it. What have you done? Like, I feel this is the forty percent functional and you know, twenty uh, percent uh, community. But I just feel that it should it should fit the bill, and your audience at the end of the day should connect with you, and sh- your your presence should amplify on digital through these activities. Mm. You know, these ca- these categories are bifurcations made by me. It's not in the Bible, obviously. So, do what works for your brand. Uh, yeah. But you know make sure that that uh, whole um, synergy of the the content that you're doing works for in the favor of your brand. So I noticed that on, on the internet side, you guys have got a uh, very prolific uh, other social media channels. So you've got Facebook, you've got Instagram, you've got LinkedIn, you've got Twitter. Are, yeah. are you your own best client? Do you find that you've got somebody working on internets branding and, and the social uh, platform for your own company as well? Yeah, so I actually like to deal with uh, the branding for internet and the whole social media management myself. Nice. It's just that I like to have that personal touch on my brand. Uh, and if you go on the page, you'll really see a lot of content, uh, you know, which um, is is um, you know pertaining to um, my my image as a person as well. You know, I mean, I'm very I'm very filmy. I'm very when they say filmy, like I'm very um, I'm a big Bollywood fan. So you'll see a lot of memes on my page with which are pertaining to Bollywood nice. uh, and you know, uh, they will, it talks about agency life. So, you know, uh, some things that my employees will be able to relate to, like they, like when your boss walks in at around 6 PM and gives you a new assignment and you know, my, my employees like to have a good laugh as well uh, when they see these things on social media. So I like to surprise them with the content that I put up there. Nice. But yeah, uh, my whole strategy, like, you know, I really don't um, want to, I, like it's not a, it's not an avenue for me to kind of uh, just do business development. I just like to kind of put up content that will be relevant to anyone who's following my page. Fantastic. And uh, yeah, that's my strategy. Yeah, terrific, absolutely. Um, Pranav, can I ask you? You mentioned your uh, your tech company um, there. Yeah. Can I ask how how do you juggle your time? So obviously, internet is taking the majority of your time because that's it's the growth and and going there. You're a partner in your automation company. How, how do you right. switch? Yeah. How do you switch hats all the time? Like what, what's your timing in terms of a day, day in the life? Do you have to juggle that a little bit? I do actually, it, it does get a little taxing sometimes, uh, honestly speaking, Walt. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I kind of uh, ensure that I do not procrastinate uh, through the day. So like you'll see me uh, working, uh, you know, I mean, I start my day at 630 uh, so I, I usually go for a small workout down in my building. And then uh, once I'm on my workstation by about 8.30 or 9, uh, there's no looking back. So I also manage my family business, uh, you know, with the administrative side of things. Wow. So I kind of get on call with my employees in the morning, uh, ensure that, you know, their task lists are in place just to kind of touch base with uh, like, you know, them and ensure that they know what they're doing for today. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I start my day with Zoom meetings and then, you know, I'm kind of just... Um, 
talking to a s- certain clients uh, or like you know coordinating with the employees my time just flows by in this entire process but i try to ensure that i don't uh, overcome it you know say for instance mm-hmm. if i have a meeting for 11 am uh, and uh, you know for internet and if i have another call with a client at evos at 12:30 i ensure that i have a little bit of a uh, you know uh, grace time in between just for myself so that i can quickly Jungle grab I can, you know, be up and ready, running for the next meeting. It is tough. It does, you know. Sometimes I feel um, that I'm not giving enough time to uh, one of the brands or one of the businesses. But uh, ultimately, I I try to make up for it. And even if I, I have to stay up till like two or four in the morning, uh, you know, to finish my task for the day, I I would do that. I would. Is that something that's regular? Like, I mean, running you've got running the administration for the family business. You've got a partnership yeah. with Avos and growing that brand in the in the automation space. You've got Internest, yeah. which is going. crazy with with growth and with with clients and stories do you do you find yourself at 2 in the morning frequently you know looking at the bottom of the to-do list wondering if you ever if you're actually going to sleep tonight is that something that happens regularly it does it does oh. yeah, i mean uh, especially initial in the initial months you know earlier this year when when avos was relatively newer uh, there was a lot of work because obviously when you're starting off you have so much to do on your plate uh, so there were days when you know i was i was just looking at myself in the mirror at, at the middle of the night and uh, asking myself is this all worth it <laughs> like you know i'm just 26 and like you know why am i putting so much pressure on myself i can take that whole easy route of you know just managing my family business and being being content and like you know being satisfied but i i just feel that what is the whole point of that education that my parents have given me you know they sent mm-hmm. me abroad for four years and i i i really want to prove my, myself more than anyone uh, to myself that i i really was you know worth it uh, yeah. so i i i genuinely uh, feel that you know you need an ambition you need a, a success a, a drive for success uh, or just you know uh, just to kind of keep you going uh, you shouldn't get satisfied don't get don't get complacent no, that's what a lot of entrepreneurs do they start a company and once they've made it they get complacent they don't want to grow but you got to keep challenging yourself so yeah i love it fantastic and uh, do you have do you see people within internet now uh that have their own ambitions and their own desires to do something there are you looking at uh, or, well let me start with this way are you worried about losing them are they you know are you worried about that good person that you've groomed to setting up their own business or are you looking at expanding with them in terms of giving them their own branch and how are you handling that sort of growth side of things so i i actually um, you know initially i uh, had this learning experience as well when i started off because i was 23 that time when i was hiring uh, i i felt that you know if i treat someone really well and if i uh, you know ensure that they're getting what they want uh, you know they will stick around with me and there's no need for them to leave uh, but i i know for a fact that everyone has their personal ambitions and goals and and you got to come to terms with it is it yeah. is but naturally that you know if they have joined your agency they are here to learn they are here for a personal ambition and that is fair enough today for that matter i also had a personal ambition when i joined foxymonon yeah, that absolutely. i want to start from the so that will be very hypocritical of me to you know expect that from someone else mm-hmm. uh, but um, you know so i i i always like to still today for that matter talk to my employees and understand their personal goals and see how it can be a win win situation for both of us yeah uh, so if they tell me that you know i i'm looking at my time at the agency for the next uh, one and a half to two years and this is what i want to uh, you know achieve this is what i want to um, learn i ensure that they get that and more at my agency um and when they leave you know they be on a good note because i personally feel that uh, my employees are my best 
uh, spokespersons. Uh, so a lot of people who've left my agency have also recommended my agency uh, yeah, to their it. friends. And I've in fact you know, hired their friends and their family oh. as well. Uh, that's so, a great way to go. And of course, they yeah, can I mean, refer business back when they're getting started and, you know, as they're, yeah. uh, as they're um, expanding their own skill set. So speaking of which, do you, um, you mentioned the, the breakdown of your team before. So the, the people yeah. who are doing the, the creative, the digital, the, the um, uh, animation, etc. Do, yeah. do you outsource anything these days, Pranav, or, or is everything in-house? Sure. Uh, so I used to outsource earlier, but what happened was that, you know, you have, you have a lack of quality control uh, when you're working with freelancers. Um, you know, freelancers are handling uh, a dozen of projects at a time and, uh, you know, they are just happy with their paycheck. But ultimately, it's your agency that will be uh, accountable to the client, you know, if yeah. things fall part so i i don't really take the freelancer route anymore i i personally if i'm offering a service in-house i will tell you upfront. if i'm not i will recommend you to someone else and i'll also ensure that i get my commission out of it yeah sure, uh, sure. For example. <laughs> no, no it's important so, yeah. it is yeah so i mean yeah i if i if i'm not able to take up something you know, if it's above my bandwidth or if i'm not offering that service i just put my hands up for me i don't want to spoil the name of my agency i feel once a or recognition or a respect for a company's lost, it's very hard to gain that again. So yeah, credibility is what's important for me. Yeah, fantastic. Okay, cool. And um, uh, who, was the, who was the first uh, people that you hired? Did you hire creative? Did you hire sales? It, like, what was your first, you know, team members that you were looking for? Yeah, I mean, you know, when I, when I started off, I wanted to kind of just, uh, you know, get everyone possible and <laughs> take a backseat. Uh, I wanted to get creative. I wanted to get like content, client servicing. But I actually thought that since I'm a content person and I can fill for those shoes uh, initially, especially, I I thought that a designer is most important for me. Nice. I could do client servicing. I could handle even the accounts for that matter. But I needed someone specifically for design. So I got a a, a resource which was quite senior, like someone who who's working in the industry for about eight years, wow. because that's how I managed to bring big uh, win big mandates like. The uh, likes of Talwalkar's, the likes of Provoke, which is a fashion brand, MK Global, uh, Joel Group, real estate companies, you know. So uh, I, I just felt that my design should, you know, be uh, top level, like yeah. best uh, possible. And I'll take care of the rest of the things. So that worked in our favor. And Fantastic. we still get praise for our, digi- for our design work. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry yeah. to bring this up, but because of your age, because yeah. you're so young, and and yeah. you've brought on senior people into that design role. How how has uh, have you felt that that's had any impact or any effect either with teams or with clients? Have you ever had people say you can't handle our account? You're 24. You know, have you had any kind of backlash from that? Yeah, actually. Um, so I remember that um, you know when I was initially approaching clients, prospective clients, and uh, you know I would present a plan to them and uh, after the meeting they'd ask me so what's your age and I tell them 23 or 24 and uh, I, I, they would just make a face and they'd be like wow you're so young like why are you doing this you should be um, you know doing a corporate job uh, but I mean um, I took it as a challenge and I took it as a compliment in a way because uh, not many people my age are doing what I do yeah. and uh, I feel um, you know if I have made this decision I am going to stand by it and my employee also, my employee who was the first uh, designer who had that eight years of experience, he initially thought that I'm about uh, 27 or 28. Uh, so I, I managed to trick. I mean, I managed to convince him as well. 
so i i just feel that uh, yeah you know there is there's also a little bit of friction that happens because when you're working with someone who's elder to you uh, mm. they somewhere feel that they are maybe a little smarter than you as well uh, so i i was always like you know from day one open to opinions and uh, suggestions from everyone who's younger than me even a 19 year old intern as well as a 33 year old designer so i think your your open mindedness makes a big difference uh, you know to ideas to uh your work and uh, over and above your age i would say yeah fantastic fantastic i i you know i, I can see so much uh, wisdom in the way that you that you work in the way that you come across and uh, i have no doubt that you know your ability to let other people know that you can handle that job um it, it comes across to me so i'm sure that that's that's not much of a handicap for you anymore moving forward Pranav, can i ask you um and this is a challenge that i've put to a few agency owners over the over the last uh, over the last weeks if we took you out of your current environment, we took you out of Internest, we put you into a foreign city and we said, you've got, let's say, 90 days to create a successful digital agency from, from nothing. What would be the first maybe three or four things that you would do in that environment to get started again and to, to grow quickly? I think I would initially uh, like to join a few networking uh, groups, you know, uh, both physically as well as like, you know, online for that matter. And uh, I, I just feel that it's it's very important to have a strong network. Today at my, uh, you know, agency, like the majority of the clients that I've got is through my personal network. Fantastic. Uh, Today, obviously, we get, you know, calls from uh, the front and, you know, people uh, pick up the phone and call internet for uh, handing over their mandate. But initially, you got to the hard work. So I feel like, uh, you know, my high school friends, my college friends, they uh, found out about my agency and they started driving work towards me because they had this level of trust that we know this person. So, you know, he'll do a good job. He's he's a nice guy. Yep. So that kind of trust is important, uh, yeah. you know over and above having a personal network. Uh, so I would start off with that uh, particular perspective. And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I would like to lo- learn the local language and ensure that, you know, I'm uh, savvy with that so that I can also kind of build a personal rapport with my employees, with my clients. And uh, yeah, that would be my initial kind of, uh, you know, process. Okay. So, so we've, let's say we're, we're a couple of weeks now. You've got uh, a good understanding of the local business. You've got, uh, yeah. you know, started to join a few of those networking groups, had a few coffee meetings with some business owners, et cetera. What's next after that? You, you've got that kind of uh, starting foundation. Okay. How do we, yeah. how do we get that to get some momentum? Sure. Uh, so I, I, I'd also actually like to like, you know, kind of um, analyze how people are kind of uh, communicating and dealing with uh, business development out there, because uh, I know for a fact that every community uh, is, is different in its own way. So uh, pricing is something that I'd like to kind of understand, you know, because in India, uh, people are very price sensitive. Uh, so if you are, if you are, if your services are cheap and if your work, if your quality of work is average, you'd still win the mandate over someone who is slightly on the pricier side, mm. but is giving you amazing quality of work. Wow. So, uh, you know, I would like to kind of understand those factors as well about price sensitivity and about, uh, you know, client behavior. So I would, I would kind of take that route. And, uh, also I would like to understand about what kind of motivates, people you know like for that matter i know that incentives are very important for uh, you know sustaining employees in your own organization so while i've spoken about business development so far i would also like to kind of uh, understand what motivates the local community 
that i'm working with you know uh, is it the money is it uh, you know uh, the workload like do they like to work on monday to friday and you know not be troubled on the weekend because that's the culture in in the us uh, but in in india you're working monday to saturday and like you know sometimes on sundays as well so um just these kind Understand, of factors yeah. you know what incentivizes people and what's the attitude of the locals out there with respect to their profession I love yeah. it. Um Pranav I'm so I'm so conscious of your time and so grateful for the chance to to speak to you. Um I I don't necessarily like asking this question but I think it's it's important to do so. How has the covid pandemic affected Internest and your clients specifically? What's what's been the impact of that? Sure. Uh so uh initially there was a lot of uh you know uh uncertainty uh mm. I'd be honest with you what I didn't know that uh, which direction would uh you know my agency take with this whole situation uh but I'm glad uh that you know uh, this process has been a lot of self reflection for me as in and my agency for that matter uh, when i say self reflection i i i am i'm pointing out to the whole aspect of i had a few clients uh, which i had one uh, initially when i set out with this agency and you know because i was kind of a relatively new agency our retainer was low and you know uh, we kind of would servicing the client those clients because we really wanted to uh, respect them and maintain their maintain an equation with them uh, mm-hmm. since they believed in us when we were nothing uh, but i feel those kind of those kind of clients have kind of dropped out because of uh, the financial uh, situation currently due to the situation and uh, you know the, the it's 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 a survival of the best so you kind of seen brands uh, who uh, you know were um, kind of futuristic or like right. in the health, health and wellness space that have survived in this uh, entire phase so we've been lucky enough to tie up with uh, you know a lot of these brands like we have a company called uh, prana ayurveda uh, which is the number one uh, you know most trusted healthcare brand in india as of 2019 so uh, they have kind of just grown 4x you know over this wow. entire covid yeah. because yeah. everyone's turning to uh, these kind of solutions of health and wellness to boost their immunity during this downtime uh, to avoid the virus so you know uh, we and i believe that uh, if you have an attitude of uh, you know um, growing along with the client you're you're going to reach heights so like if the client tells me that listen i'm expanding my academy are you going to be handle are you going to be able to handle this uh, you know new mandate because we are going to be requiring xyz kind of new services and that's when agencies like us step up our game and tell them okay listen you know we are going to provide you full support uh, to ensure you get to your goal and that's how you grow as well so fantastic i i that's obviously speaking of one client uh but like you know i i would say that lot of lot of other brands also have taken a hit and their media spends and their advertising spends have kind of dropped yeah. uh uh you know quite substantially so it's very industry dependent you know and and again i'm feeling the same thing um so yeah. there are certain industries that are yeah. are excelling in this particular yeah. time frame and of course there are other industries like retail that are really suffering uh as a result yeah. so can i ask you if um and this is a fun question in the same yeah. pandemic kind of world if sure. we were if we were able to go back to october november 2019 and you yeah. could you could have the foresight to know that this was coming what yeah. would you do differently within internet to prepare so that you could grow forward when when it actually hit 
Sure. Uh, I think uh, I would like to kind of control my hiring process mm-hmm. uh, because you know, at the moment maybe we have a few employees uh, that obviously like you know um, are, are are kind of over and above uh, the level of mandates that we are handling. Sure. Uh, but I I still have made a point that you know even though if we are making a ten percent less or a fifteen percent less. As an agency, currently, I'm not going to fire anyone during this time because I just feel that um, you know that's the uh, you know hallmark of a good uh, manager. Like you know, if they if the employees have supported you through thick and thin, this is your time to give back to them and kind of you know also tell them that you're backing them up. Yeah. Uh, so maybe like you know, I would kind of control my growth pro- growth process as an agency and kind of just hire uh, employees that were a necessity. Mm. Uh, but having said that, I still like you know have great love, respect, regard for everyone who's working for my agency currently, and with all due respect to each one of them who are currently servicing us. Uh, but yeah, that's that's just one tip I would give to any entrepreneur back in October that you know just control with a little more caution with. And just hide with a little more caution. Yeah. yeah. And maybe uh, as a secondary, maybe try and angle towards some of those health related or, you know, growth, uh, growth clients that are, that are about to, uh, to go live. Pranav, uh, sure. again, I'm, I'm so conscious and, and so grateful for the time. Um, what, what sort of skills are you adding to your portfolio now as you're looking forward with internet uh, with Avos as well? What, what education, what knowledge are you putting in? What are the things that you're teaching yourself or learning or skilling up so that you can grow into the future? What are, the, what are your, um, I guess, educational knowledge goals at the moment? Sure. Uh, so I, I actually like to read a lot. Um, you know, I'm, I'm also like, uh, my, I, found, I found a new spark, spark interest in tech. Uh, so that's why, like, you know, I've kind of also started with AWOTS last year. So data analytics is something I like to really, you know, focus upon. And I read a lot about it. And uh, I also, uh, like, you know, I personally sit up with my employees sometimes and just like to learn skills from them, them as well. Like I'd sit with my SEO person, you know, and I, I understand how he's basically doing on-page, off-page SEO. Sit with the media expert, understand how Google AdWords work. Nice. Uh, my web developer as well, learn different kind of programs from him, like Python and, uh, you know, all these other softwares and um, stuff that they use. So I, I always feel that, you know, I want to learn a little bit of everything um, because I'm, I'm a jack of all trades and also a master of some. <laughs> okay, uh, good. <laughs> nice. Very cool. So, yeah, because today, as as a manager, like you know, if I'm going back to my employee and telling them that, listen, you know, I this is this is where I felt that you were lagging, and this is where I feel there's a scope of improvement. I should know their work somewhere, yeah, uh, sure. to in order to be in those shoes to you know kind of give advice to them. Otherwise, they'd be like, he doesn't know anything about my my job. Why is he telling me? Yeah, uh, you need that credibility. You need that that base level of knowledge. What's um? You said you're you're a big reader. Uh, me too. What what are some of the books? Can you think of a particular book or? or audio or podcast or something that's made a big impact for you? Sure, sure, sure. Uh, So I I would say that uh, there's this book of, uh, you know, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Uh, That's one of my favorites. Yes, absolutely. And uh, also uh, The 12 Rules of Management by Benjamin Franklin. I think that's made a big impact on my life. Nice. And uh, Benjamin Franklin, I think he's the founding father of, uh, you know, American business. So he's always, uh, you know, preach that you should always have three uh, qualities which make a man which is uh, meditation and uh, you know reading and discourse like how we are discoursing today nice. i think it's very important to share your knowledge with other people and you know help 
uh, others in the community grow because if you just read and you're selfish and you're just absorbing all the information and being secret uh, secret about it you're already not going to uh, grow as a person you know and discourse is what completes a man fantastic nice i haven't actually read the uh, the benjamin franklin one but i'll be making a point to get it from amazon as we as we finish the call pranav thank you so much i i would love for uh, our listeners our audience to be able to follow along with you and i know that you you as i mentioned before you're prolific with uh, some amazing bollywood memes and some great stories um coming through your social media but what's the best way that people can follow along with with internest and with avos and with what with yourself personally how can people um keep following you and what you're doing on online sure so you can actually uh, check us out on uh, instagram and on facebook uh, or for that matter linkedin as well for internest uh, we are known by our handle which is @internestworld our website also is called internestworld.com so you can check us out there and if at all you want to connect with uh, avos uh, you know we are known by the handle avos technologies across all our social media platforms so if at all you have a requirement with respect to you know uh, digital advertising or with automation for that matter you can connect with me directly as well on linkedin my uh, you know linkedin is @pranavadnani and uh, hit me up if you you know want to just uh, you know have a nice chat or um, you need any advice or you want to kind of connect with my services fantastic yeah. fantastic and we'll make sure that those links are in the show notes as well pranav pranav adnani thank you so much for for the chance to come on bounce back and forth with you for an hour the value for me has been huge i can completely see the drive and the determination uh that has grown internet so quickly to where it is uh, i wish you nothing but success moving forward in the future and again i'm so grateful for your time my friend thank you so much for joining me Thank you so much, Walt, and all the best to Agency Bud, uh, which is your podcast. I've been seeing that you've been doing amazing, uh, you know, podcast sessions with such renowned speakers and uh, guests. So please continue do, doing what you're doing, Walt, and I hope to connect with you soon. And uh, wishing you all the best. Thanks again, mate. Cheers. Hey everyone, it's Walt and thanks so much for listening to the episodes on the podcast. We really love bringing these interviews to you and I hope you're getting a lot out of them. We've designed the podcast to really help and to engage with everybody out there. So you could help us by simply leaving us a comment or a review, subscribing on iTunes. Head over there now, make sure you hit that subscribe button and leave a review for us. It helps more than you could possibly believe. Do that now and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode.